1: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Henry Chisholm. Uh, Stuttered there, that was weird. Um, Today we're going to talk about the Buffs and mostly about their football team, and I'm pretty excited about that. But before we do that, I want to talk about Drift Car Sharing, uh, which is a pretty cool service that you can use if you're flying to or from somewhere. I was going to try to find a better way to say that, because if you're flying to somewhere, you're also flying from somewhere. Unless it's like the same point, you know, if like you're like leaving Denver, flying to de- doesn't matter. Uh, point is, as long as you're not flying to the same place that you're flying from, uh, you should use the, this service to make money or spend less money for at your destination or arrival point. Oh, this is my worst read ever. Um, basically, you drop your car off at their lot and instead of paying for parking, they pay you so they can rent your car out. And it's a great deal. They insure it. It's all above board. It seems like good people doing good stuff. You should definitely check it out. Then, if you want to rent cars when you get to wherever you're going, then you can rent cars as well because other people will have dropped their cars off and you get to pick yours. So, pretty cool thing. If you want more info, go to drivedrift.com and they'll hook you up. Okay. Uh, so, the news today uh, kind of a bummer, kind of a really big bummer. Junior safety, Aaron Maddox, is he, he entered the transfer portal about two hours ago. So, there, there goes another defensive back. Um, you know, I've talked to a couple people who know what's going on with the situation. And what I've heard is that they're, everybody's on good terms between, you know, the Buffs and Aaron. You know, they might not see everything eye to eye you know the 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 fit on the field all that kind of stuff i think that that's where this stems from like what exactly would aaron's role be going forward but no bad blood or anything anywhere uh it's just it's just time for aaron at least in his mind to move on and try to find somewhere where he might fit just a little bit better in what the defense the team is trying to do um so yeah I, I think that that pretty much sums it up, actually. Um, Aaron, of course, starting safety for Colorado, but in the Air Force game, the third game of the season, was making a tackle, slid into the misting fan on the sideline, uh, cut his leg open, could see his bone, pretty gross. I would have lost it. Uh, that's why he's the football player, though. That and, like, a dozen other reasons. Uh Missed a couple games, came back for Oregon. It was kind of splitting time with uh, Darian Rakestraw. I, I should probably go back and look at the snap counts for that game, but it, it, it looked like Darian was probably getting a little bit of a majority over Aaron. And so that's kind of where it stood. And that was Aaron's fourth game of the season, which means that uh, he, he is eligible to redshirt. Uh, after that game but if he had played the Washington State game he wouldn't be eligible to redshirt uh, so that that kind of put him in that decision zone where you know do do I stay or do I go oh that's that's a song um, so obviously he decided that it was in his best interest to try somewhere new by redshirting this year he has two years of eligibility left and uh, if if he can get a waiver Or something like that, then he will be eligible to play in both of those two seasons. If he can't get a waiver, then he will have to sit out a year because of the way the transfer rules work. Um, More often than not, you're able to get the waiver, so we'll we'll see how exactly everything kind of pans out. Um, But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like what led up to that decision. You know, he got through the Oregon game, uh, didn't really know what his fit was thought maybe he he should be back in that starting spot or at least you know getting a little bit larger share there wasn't much clarity where exactly he he stood uh not just for the Washington State game but just kind of going forward um with the the way the team was the state of the team the way that guys are kind of getting rotated um it just kind of made more sense to him without putting words in his mouth to to make that the the end, you know, to, to sit out the game, to red shirt this year, to not make the trip with the team and start the recruiting process over again, because it's kind of this weird thing where, you know, obviously in the NFL, there, there are a bunch of factors that go into where you want to play. And if you're an unrestricted free agent, uh, if you're just a free agent, people, as soon as you throw words like unrestricted, like the half, the people who don't actually follow the NFL, who listen to this are like, what does that mean? Basically means free agent. You could sign wherever. Um, if if you are a free agent, you get to pick where you go, and everybody has different lists of things that they prioritize. Some people want to live where it's warm, uh, all these different things. But one of the biggest for everybody is the fit with the coach and um, the scheme, and being a player who fits into a role within that scheme. Um, you know, because the the pieces that one guy, one coach wants is, are different than the pieces of another. You put Peyton Manning in a quarter of the systems in the NFL, Uh, he'd still be really good now that I think of it. But, but, But there are systems that are made for mobile quarterbacks, and he would not have shined in those. And so it's just figuring out where all those pieces go. But when you're talking about NFL football and those people making decisions, you have to remember that they're making a lot of money. And if you're Peyton Manning, they're Okay, that's probably a bad example. Let's stop talking about Peyton Manning because he's always just good. Everybody wants him. Uh, somebody who's a little bit worse than Peyton Manning, you know, if it, it, you're going to get an offer if you're a good quarterback from pretty much every team in the NFL. Um, you're probably good enough to be a backup on every team. And it just depends on whether a team is willing to pay you a million or $2 million a year or 20 to 25. And once you get up into that top offer range, there are usually like three or four teams to choose from. Um, and that's when you get into like fit and all these other things once you know that you have this money, um, once you know that they are offering you what you think you're worth. And so that kind of changes that whole decision process. In college football, you don't have the money aspect um, because you get the same thing at all of them. You get a scholarship, which means that having that fit with the coaching staff is just huge. And sure, there are other things like going to a good school, um, being where you want to be, you know, uh, the Aaron has a little bit of family in Colorado. So that was part of the reason that he decided to stick around, uh, again, putting words in his mouth, that might've been a part of the reason that he stuck around, um, when McIntyre left and Mel Tucker took over. Um, but he was, you know, kind of on the fence there for a minute, trying to decide where he wanted to go, whether this really was the best football fit for him, obviously playing for a defensive backs coach like Mel Tucker can't hurt, but, but it's about, you know, I'm saying fit way too much. Um, this has been weird, but that he decided that he'd come check it out, stick around, that this was the best option. And now it's looking like maybe this isn't the best fit for him. And so it's time for him to find somewhere that is, you know, he's, he's going to the transfer portal. He's probably going to get offers from quite a few different schools. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Um, when, when you're six, one, two Oh five and fast, like there's, there's something that can be done with you and he's a pretty talented, smart guy. I'll pick up on it. Um, so now it's about, instead of saying, is this the fit that is the best for me here at Mel Tucker? He, he has an option to kind of open his mind up a little bit to all these different options and see who wants to do what with him and see what he feels like is best for him going forward. Um, So I just explained how transfers work basically uh, because that's pretty much how they all go. Um, And honestly, this one isn't all that different. There was a little, not even a dispute from what I've heard, you know, everybody's cordial, no bad blood, nothing, but Aaron thought that he could do a little bit more and maybe he didn't have the opportunity, didn't have the role, didn't have whatever to do that here. And so he wants to see if he can fit in somewhere better uh, somewhere else. i'm actually kind of s- excited to follow along and see where he ends up um we've been following some recruiting stories from the buffs and like trying to pull people in um because that just makes sense that you care because the sighting it's like watching santa come down with his sleigh and like open up his bag and you're like oh wow he's really having trouble like picking it up must be something big Like maybe he's picking up super fast. You're like, ah, damn, it's kind of small. But but you know, it's just like this whole thing where you just get to ride the whole thing through, and it's exciting. On the other end, it's kind of strange uh, watching Aaron as he goes through this process. Where is he going to get offers from? Is 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 he getting Pac-12 offers, like SEC offers? I mean, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get a Power Five, like a couple Power Five options. But I don't know. It it will be interesting to see because that will tell us something about how the rest of the country views the talent here on the buffs defense and obviously Aaron Maddox still I believe I guess probably not anymore now that he's in the transfer portal uh listed as a uh starter on this defense um what what does a starting safety for the buffs who who's interested in that you know who who sees something to work with i don't know uh, it's, it's it's like a really tangible way of seeing what outsiders think of what's going on here in Boulder. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably all we need to say about that. Hopefully I added a little bit of clarity and it's going to be kind of tough to see him go put on another uniform, but that's college football for you. Uh Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll keep following this as it goes along as we followed some other recruiting stories because that's fun stuff. Um, we should actually, now that I think of it, kind of talk about what this means for the Buffs defense going forward. Mikhail Onu, obviously, still holding down the starting job. Darian Rakestraw uh, should be holding down the other starting job. I don't know why he wouldn't. You know, Mark Perry has been playing that nickel spot. Um... I would guess maybe he stays there. Maybe when the other two rotate out, he can step back. Otherwise, it's Sam Noyer, who uh, Mel Tucker actually said today will not be their like emergency quarterback. He's still just he's still just a safety, um, so that's good to know. And we'll talk more about what Mel had to say today because there's a lot to get into because this is the first podcast of the week on a Monday, but since it's a short week for Colorado, they play USC Friday night. again. In case you hadn't heard uh, breaking news, yep, that's going to be fun. Uh, they actually had practice on Sunday, and they did something kind of strange at practice. Uh, not quite what you'd expect. So, we're going to dig into what that was after I tell you about how much I love Breckenridge beers. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is the best. Uh, they make all sorts of different beers from the vanilla porter to the avalanche amber ale to uh colorado core i think they have like some holiday beer i haven't tried it but i've heard about it i can't remember what they call it but i know people love it and i'm going to figure out what that's called and i'm going to get some and i'm going to tell you how it is because i've heard that it's just like incredible and maybe it's like pepperminty. i don't really know it's it's some sort of holiday beer i, I think it might be out now though so definitely look around for that. I need to find some. Um, yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, Breckenridge Brew. if you want to try their beers, you can get to the store locator on their, or not, no, beer locator on their website where you can type in the type of beer you want. You can throw in your zip code and it will tell you where you can get that beer near you. I also want to tell you about Denver Rubber Company I'm excited to tell you about it because it isn't what you think it is. Uh, Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. Uh, DRC offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceuticals, uh, construction, medical military electronics and so much more an iso certified company that will work with you from design to final product that is both cost effective and it will meet your requirements if you're in need of custom design material selection for your product project or have a deadline to make for a large order do not hesitate to call denver rubber company call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com dnvr Okay, Uh, so yeah, like I was saying before, uh, second day actually for the Buffs to be practicing this week, but the first media availability. So that means that they're a little bit backed up. And Mel Tucker told us a lot about what they did uh, during yesterday's practice, Sunday's practice, when normally they have a walkthrough for the first practice of the week. Normally it's actually on a Monday instead of a Sunday, but instead they decided not to. Instead of having a walkthrough for their practice, they actually sat everybody down in the same room, and they played the entire Washington State game. It took a few hours, obviously. Uh, it's, it, it's a football game. That's how long those take. And the coaches kind of talked through it, and they all kind of and they watched, and they learned. And this isn't something that they often do. I think Mel said that back when he was at... I can't remember if he said Georgia or Alabama. Probably both. But he would do this with his defense. Instead of just watching the film with the defensive backs so that the defensive backs would see what the defensive backs are doing right and what the defensive backs are doing wrong, they they, they do it all together just a couple times so that they could see how everything just kind of works together. And this time they did it with the whole team. Offense, defense, special teams. Everybody watched every play and just saw how it worked, saw how the game worked, make sure that everybody kind of saw that everybody's making mistakes, kind of clarify what those mistakes are. Um, it's it's an interesting idea to have everybody just watch this game altogether because it's not a game that anybody really wanted to watch. Forty-one ten 10 just happened the day before. That's tough. It's tough. Uh, Mel said it was very valuable. He said a whole bunch of different things, you know. Defensive backs coach would say, hey, look, this little step was wrong. Your technique was just a tiny bit off right here. See how you did this? See how you tipped it? And Steven Montez, the quarterback, actually said, oh, wow, I see what you're saying. Like, that's actually really interesting. Um, It was just kind of a day to grow as football players not just as quarterbacks or running backs or receivers, but also kind of as a team. Not at all what I expected to hear from Mel about how that practice went. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I talked to a couple guys who said they're kind of worn down. Um, It's been kind of a long... Without having that off day, especially coming off a couple losses, you know, it's 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 tough to keep that energy going. But that's kind of how they countered it. Obviously, not an off day. You still have your lifts and all that kind of stuff. But to sit, watch, and hopefully reflect and learn, I think I like it. I think I like it. You know, that's it's again one of these coaching decisions that we've talked about a little bit where you can either go left or you can go right. Um, I think that everybody kind of understands that what was happening for Colorado needs to change three straight losses, a couple of them pretty ugly. Even that Arizona loss pretty ugly. When you factor in that it's Arizona, you can either sit everybody down, have them all watch the film, have them all talk through everything that happens, or you can take them outside and run them. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, that's n- neither is necessarily right or wrong, but those are your two options and we learned which one Mel chose. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, I thought, I thought that that was pretty interesting that that's his approach to this. Uh, he said that he thought that it worked, it was valuable and people were hopefully learning. Um, Understanding what the mistakes were and understanding what he said again, everybody just has to do their job. Like you look through everything that went wrong, it was somebody who didn't do their job. It's it sounds so simple when you think about it. You know, we've talked a lot about safety, so let's keep safeties going. If if you're supposed to be covering the deep middle third of the defense, then that's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about anything that else that's going on. You're just making sure that you're right there, that nobody can get behind you, and you know, you know, and so you just lurk in that zone. If you're an offensive lineman, you can. Uh, if you're a guard, you got to pull right guard pulling around to the left, hitting somebody between the guard and the tackle on the other side. Um, that's what you do. That's just what you do. And if if you screw it up, it's gonna blow up the entire play. Uh, that's how football works. It's about 11 guys doing the right thing every single time. When football's at its best, it's just a chess match. You know, it's just the coaches going back and forth, making decisions, and that's that's when it's so much fun to watch, when nobody's blowing plays, when it's just everybody doing their job, and the coaches putting them in the right situations so that they're successful if they do their job. That's what this team is building toward, and it almost looked like they had it for a second, but three straight losses, two of them really ugly. You got to try something new. I think that this was kind of a step back to that preseason when I mean, I told you how often Mel said you just do your job. It's a little things. It's a little details. Technique. And just just make sure you do in your part and everything will work out and maybe some of that kind of got lost in the last couple weeks and this was his way of resetting and saying no. Look at this. Look at how this play didn't work because this guy didn't do this thing and, and it's all that simple. You just have to get back to making it simple. Uh, So, yeah, that was practice yesterday. Yes, uh, today they were outdoors on Franklin Field practicing. Um, Sounded like a good practice. Um, Yeah, I talked to Tim Lanotte today, me and Brian Howell, both did, and also Brian's son, always fun. I actually don't know his name, uh, but always fun to have somebody younger than me around. Um, But, yeah, so we talked to Tim. Uh, we talked to him about some different things, including ooh, how about, how about uh, the false starts in particular. We talked about the penalties, but then the false starts in particular. He had some interesting stories to share. Uh, again, I really like talking about football with people who know more than me about football. Like That's the best part of this job. And today was one of the days where we really got to do that, um, got to nerd out with somebody. So what Tim was saying with the false starts is this. The buffs uh, use a clap to start the play. So so some people have like a verbal cadence, you know, hut one, hut two, hike, you know, something like that. And what the buffs do is Stephen just claps. And so when you're just waiting for that clapping sound, it's easy to get them to jump because they're just waiting for the loud sound and so the defenses and he said this happened both with Oregon and with Washington State they have a move call which is like all right get into your actual set you know get into your get into your spots so if the linebackers are aligned like a little bit or if they're supposed to be aligned like I don't know let's just say the two inside linebackers four yards behind the defensive end or defensive tackles, sorry, and uh, that's where they go. Maybe they like one goes a little bit inside, one goes a little bit outside. They'll move, and they both hit their spots. Uh, so, so that's like their call to do that. Well, what they do is they do that as loud as they can and make it sound like a snap, like a, a clap, and and it's it's gotten the buffs a couple of times. How's it gotten, Tim? And so, and so that's something that they've been working on. So they've been working on that in practice, how that's one of the flaws of this clap count is that the defense can do that kind of stuff. And that's what he said was kind of getting them uh, the last couple of weeks where they have had the troubles with the false starts. It's just the defense will make those sounds, yell like that and get them to jump. Which sounds kind of silly, I understand, because you're listening for a clap instead of somebody yelling... Move, you know, move. I don't know how to make that sound more like a clap, but um, it makes it makes sense when you're in that whole situation. How many false starts do they have? Like three in their seventy plays. Um, both numbers I made up, but again, let's just call it once every twenty plays. It gets them. It gets one of the five. That's one percent of the time it actually works. Um, but that's too much. So. There you go. One out of 100 because... I I can't remember if I... I don't think I did this math out loud. Uh, (laughs) So, you have the... There are five guys on the line is the point. There are five guys. You got to get one of the five. Yeah. Um, Things are spiraling here just a little bit. So, I am going to tell you about... uh, Oh, wait. Actually, I'm not going to tell you about anything. I'm going to let Ryan tell you about the Blake Street Tavern.
2: What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48, it's where I watched CU, I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it, and the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern.
1: All right. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, appreciate it. Um, One more note about the Blake Street Tavern is that I think they're actually going to start showing the Nuggets and Avalanche games somehow. I really don't understand how that works but it's pretty cool that there's going to be a place to watch all this stuff that doesn't involve, you know, uh, being a criminal. Okay, but I did just take a break, and I looked to see what exactly is happening. So the Avs play at 6 tonight, and they will be playing on all the TVs at the Blake Street Tavern. I will be there because I'm always there, and because I want to watch the Avalanche, and I don't want to get arrested. So... Probably going to post this too late for you to hear about it at this point, but uh, it sounds like they're going to have all the Nuggets and Avs games there, and they're going to have like the game sound on, as always, and it should be pretty rowdy because there are only a couple places where uh, you can go watch those games. Pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, there's Blake Street Tavern, who you all know we love. Another piece of news that we haven't gotten to yet today, but um, actually... The Colorado Buffaloes are not one of the uh, 25 best basketball programs in the country, according to the Associated Press, which is beyond me. Uh, I, I don't really understand why. Uh, they were the fourth team ranked in the uh, top 25 poll, the initial preseason poll that came out this morning. B- essentially, they were 27th, if you like extend the poll, and fourth in the Pac-12 which is, I just don't get it. Uh, I just don't get it. It's frustrating, but here's the take that I am going to run with, and that is that it's a good thing, because does the preseason poll actually matter? Of course not. Would it be nice if people would see, oh wow, Colorado's good, I'm going to turn them on? Of course. Of course that'd be great, and then you get the tweets, and you get all this stuff, and it make all of us feel like a little bit warm and fuzzy to see a little number by Colorado every time they play in this first week of the season. But guess what? If they go to China and they beat Arizona State, then all of a sudden they're going to be ranked, and boom. There you go. Um, so, so sure, it's frustrating. It's obviously frustrating. But at the same time, I don't think that their heads were getting big, but... It's a lot easier to keep them small when you're getting disrespected like this. So many fun teams just have that edge to them, and I think I mean if if you think back to the Broncos, the Super Bowl season, they were that way. You know, nobody thought that they were any good. You know, the offense was bad, the defense was good. You all the way through, they were being picked to lose every playoff game, and then you get to the Super Bowl, and everybody's like, "Well, of course, Carolina is going to beat them." Sure, the Broncos have the number one defense. But the Panthers have like the number one offense and the number two defense. They just didn't realize how big that gap was. The the point is they were definitely underestimated and they definitely played with a chip on their shoulder because of it. You know, they all were trying to prove themselves, like, you don't think this is the best defense of all time? Well, see what happens. Um They have that edge. And a lot of good teams have had that edge. When you come in with the hype and everything's supposed to be good. The only place you can really go is down from there. And I guess that might not be true of the Buffs. It's not like people are saying, oh, these are national title contenders. They've never been getting that kind of love. But you just have to hope, at least I think, that this can be a good thing for Colorado. Um, That, sure, we're all high on the Buffs. They get on Twitter. They see all of us hyping them up. They see a lot of people around the Pac-12 also hyping them up. Not quite as many. And then when you get national, it's even smaller than that. They have opportunities, though. They play some big games against big teams. Uh, Kansas is one. But also, to open the season, Arizona State in Shanghai, China. Incredible opportunity, and hopefully they take advantage. Honestly, I have no faith that the better team is going to win that game. Uh, Mostly because... It just feels pretty random who shows up to these international games, whether it's in the NFL games in London, the NBA games in... Is that also London? I know the Nuggets played the Pacers in one. I think that might be London. But then they have, like, the NFL in Mexico. So you send them all these different countries, and it just seems pretty fluky who actually shows up. Because being a good team when you travel for, like, two, three hours in a plane, sure, maybe there's something to that. Maybe... You, it, it takes a little something to get up after that. Um, a good coach knows how to make the trip easier on his players' bodies. I don't know. But when you have Evan Batty, 6'9", 265, sitting in a little airplane seat for 15 hours straight, and then a couple days later playing a very important basketball game, you could see how that would still mess him up a little bit, even just mentally. Like, you're you're so drained when you go through something like that. Not that anybody's ever taken me to China, but I would imagine that it wouldn't be easy. And then you think like, wow, they have to navigate the food, like tastes and flavors and ingredients that their bodies aren't used to, just kind of asking for food poisoning. I don't know how food poisoning works, but it sounds like this would be a prime situation for it. You know, there's just all these different things that go into it. Your practice time changes. Your, your body's still not adjusted fully to the sleep cycle. All this weird stuff. I mean, they're going to Disney World a couple days before or after, somewhere on this trip. And I know a lot of them are really excited about Disney World and that might take some of the, I don't know, whatever out of it. Oh, remember the NBA hates uh, China? No, China hates the NBA. Daryl Morey hates China, if I remember all of this correctly. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure if China's feelings toward the NBA follow through to all of basketball or even just down to college basketball. But then you have to think of all those, like the political things that are going on between the United States and China, the, that also have been going on for the last few years. It's just a weird thing. All of these different factors just kind of twist you in another way. And it just seems like somebody's probably going to win that game 90 to 45. And I have honestly zero faith that being the better basketball team is going to uh, matter. Okay, I mean, this is a... That might have been kind of dark and weird, but but I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, we're going to go with that take. The point of it all is if they come out and they beat Arizona State, then all of a sudden they're in the top 25. That's all it takes. Uh, do we care? Uh, I actually haven't heard whether we care. If you guys want to let me know whether we care... Uh, That's interesting. I know we don't care about preseason football polls um, loud and clear, uh, particularly when they rank Nebraska, which was very wrong. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that those are probably enough takes on that situation. Uh, I am excited for this basketball season, though. I really do think that they – and can they beat anybody? I think so. You know, ESPN – or is it ESPN? Maybe it's CBS Sports. Andy Katz, Andy Katz, who I don't follow college basketball enough to know where he works. Within two weeks, all of these little things are going to be shored up in my brain, though. I promise you that. Um, but he puts out his, like, national player of the year. But instead of doing his preseason national player of the year, uh, like, preseason list or something, um, he puts out a bracket and has everybody vote for who should be the preseason player of the year, who will win, or I can't remember exactly how he phrases it. The point is, two guys are uh, from the Pac-12 out of the six picked. One of them, the higher-seeded one, uh, McKinley Wright. You you may remember him as the uh, Buffs' starting point guard. That's exciting just to see that he gets that kind of hype nationally. Um, And then you remember that Tyler Bay is probably the better NBA prospect. This team is so good and it can beat anyone. Uh, Before we move on, I do want to say we will all be voting. uh, Me, you the listener, all of your listening friends, all of my friends listening. uh, We will all be voting for McKinley Wright all the way through this bracket. You have like two days to vote in their poll or something. I think it starts sometime this week, later this week. We're voting McKinley Wright all the way through to winning this and putting him on the map because he deserves our support. It's it's good practice. I've heard that they can't fill that basketball arena, which is absurd given how good they are now. Like they should be able to fill it just based on their basketball merits at this point. But just in case, um we we owe McKinley Wright for all of this, and so we are going to vote for him. I don't really. I I thought I thought I could make that more cohesive. I'm drinking a Red Bull, and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of making me. Uh, it's it's not as good as coffee. I'll tell you right now, it's not as good as coffee. It still makes you feel sleepy. It just makes you talk fast too. Okay, uh we spiraled out of control here today. But just to recap, the biggest stories. Before I check to see if there are any comments, actually, while I check to see if there are any comments. Um, First, Aaron Maddox, he's leaving Boulder, and that's too bad. Um, Wish him the best for sure. Uh, So there's that. Number two, uh, Mel Tucker was talking about how his basketball team just went... uh, His football team... uh, He's not Tad Boyle. His football team sat in a big room, a big auditorium yesterday... Watch the full game of their loss to 41-10. You know, sometimes you hear people say, like, oh, we're just going to throw that one away. That's, uh, that's not his move. It's not his move. Um, so, yeah, there's that too. Uh, like that, talked about Tim Linat and his take on the false starts. I don't know if I mentioned enough. They just said, like, this is unacceptable and we need to stop it. But also interesting to hear why he thinks it's happening that defenses recognize what they're doing. And I did ask, like, do you still go with the snap or do you go with a, or the clap or the verbal count when you're playing in front of the home crowd, when they're quieter? And you said, well, yeah, we'll still do the clap, but it's still easier to, like, know the difference. Because when there are, like, thousands of people screaming, it, it makes it a lot tougher to tell whether it's somebody, like, screaming to make you jump or whether it's actually the snap. that the, the lack of background noise Makes those two sounds sound much more different when uh, they're, they're at home. So there. Uh, talked about that. Uh, one more thing. We talked about the uh, basketball team being ranked outside the top 25. They can jump right back into that, though, if they try. Um, some China thoughts. I think that that's it. I think that's everything we had to talk about today. I will be back tomorrow after the press conferences in Boulder. Um, tomorrow's Tuesday. Today's Monday, by the way. Sometimes since you guys like listen to these the next day, I feel weird because um, I get to look at the downloads and I'm like, I should clarify that when I say today, I mean Monday, the day before you're actually listening to this. So yeah, I'll be back on Tuesday though, and we will we'll we'll get back to it. Uh, maybe start talking some USC. Um, Not really sure. Excited, though, because this is like basically the most fun job in the world. Uh, Leave some comments. Leave your thoughts on anything I said, anything unrelated. Uh, You want to talk about Aaron Maddox, uh, his roommate Darian Rakestraw, who will be taking over as starting safety, most likely. Uh, The secondary, the recruiting. um, I just listed all the things we talked about. Send in your takes. Uh, Leave them in the replies or the comments on... TheDNVR.com, the post on there for this show and I will read them on Tuesday. All right, uh, thanks for riding with me. I will see you tomorrow. Bye guys.
0: I think I like my Colorado One eighty, speed and pad competition. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado yeah. Army, with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And borders where we station, patiently awaiting. Boy. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swaggin' at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you're afraid uh-huh. cause you know we finna Get hit ya, hit, up, you, hit, you, hit hey. Hey. you on your own now? Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just the next whistle God. and we ain't playing with you can team at the I team. I think they like my, my Colorado sway because when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go. You know I'm acting bad. Holla, like a bus <pitulations> with my Colorado sway My Colorado swag. My Colorado sway I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado sway Have you ever seen around I'm going to Colorado. Oh. Buffalo for now is what I Up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them when we see them. Then we I think add they on. like my Colorado Sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a books with my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado Sway.